Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. Morning, everybody. I don't know if you know this, but Hope Church has a softball team. Yep, we do. Uh, and uh, let me just say right off the bat, um, well, beginning last year, we kind of took over a team that's been in existence for a while. There was, it's a church league, and so this church um, uh, closed its doors, and basically Hope Church took it over. It's a league that I've been playing in for a long time, and a bunch of people here at Hope Church uh, play in. So there's like half the team is like Hope Church people, and the other half is like a mixture of other people kind of from around, and it's in Rhode Island. And just let you know, you see this trophy here. We were the champions last year. We brought it home. So I want to, this is proof. I'm gonna, I'll just put this right here so that we can relish in that today. That is awesome. Uh, my coach is here, Brian New, uh, who is uh, in the back there. And I actually started getting texts uh, throughout the service this morning. There's some uh, softball people watching this morning, so shout out to you, especially you, Jody. I know that you're watching, so uh, very cool. Um, I know that uh, some of you are not sports people, and you know, you start talking about like sports analogies, and you might too now. I don't want you to do that today. Uh, because I think um, this analogy is going to be helpful for us as we talk through what I want to talk about today. Um, and, and, and specifically, like, what it means to be a Christian and how to live the Christian life. So I want you to think about this. Um, I want you to picture the church as a team, okay? I want you to picture the church as a team made up of players, of all different types, all different skill sets. We all play different positions, right? I want you to think of uh, your pastors as, as the coach, okay? I, there may be assistant coaches. Maybe that's life group leaders and Bible study leaders and other ministry leaders. Um, each player on the team has a role. So again, we're all on this team. All of you have a role. Uh, this is your contribution to the team. It's your contribution uh, to the culture of the team. And hopefully we're playing to win. Hopefully we're playing to win. And you could probably see here how this may apply uh, to the church. So we're in this series called Moving Forward. And it's all about where we're going, what we're doing, who we are, how we're going to get there, all that kind of stuff. It's really kind of a vision series. I'm trying to set it up so that it's a vision for this church, but it's also a vision for you personally as well. And so way back in week one, uh, we started with this message. It's called, uh, um, it starts with a stirring. And we looked at this kind of obscure book in the Bible in Ezra, and it talks about the stirring God put in his heart. And the stirring is really a vision, we ought to all have a stirring in our hearts, uh, and it takes root in generosity, it, uh, we nurture it through worship, um, and this vision spreads when people buy in and there's conviction and everyone around can't help but see it. And last week, I called it, if it's true, we've got some work to do. And the whole thing around that was, uh, as a church, we desire to be 
a hospital. Not a country club where all Christians get together and do their thing. We need to be a hospital that's going out and seeking and saving lost people. Okay? So it's about this series, this series, Moving Forward, is about bringing clarity to our vision, both as a church and personally. And it's about casting vision for what we believe God is calling us to do and to be about. And I want us to see two things. I want us to see not only our vision, but I want you to see your value as well, okay? Every person in this room, anybody who calls Hope Church your church or are thinking about calling Hope Church your church, you have a value. And what is that going to be? So, I got to our softball game this week, and this is my softball bag, if you couldn't tell. I got to my softball game last week um, in Rhode Island, and we thought we would have a full team last week, but it turns out a few of our key players ended up missing the game. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Jody. We thought we would have a, few, a full team, and, and by the way, again, I could already see the analogies between this and church world, but I'll save that for another time. So the coach, I'm looking at you, Brian New, points to me and says, Tom, you got to play shortstop. Now, I don't know if you guys know much about baseball, softball, but shortstop is not an easy position to play. It is maybe the hardest position on the field to play. And let me get one thing straight. I am the oldest man on our team. <laughs> I used to play shortstop. It's a little bit of a challenge for me these days. So as soon as he said it, what did I do? I look at him. I'm always up for a challenge. Always. Doesn't matter. I said, let's go. Bring it on. And I start immediately trying to envision myself playing this position. I call back to my mind the most important things about playing the position. In fact, a couple years ago, um, when I was playing shortstop regularly um, and was trying to work through that, I had a wristband, and I'm going to just put that on for a second, and I wrote some instructions on my wristband just so I could keep my head straight. Just basic kind of things about the game that I want before every play to look down at and see, okay, I'm ready for this thing. Because listen, when you have like 250 pounds of muscle hitting the ball on a field, that's not a professional field, so it's kind of hard ground. Like, it's no joke to stand in front of that ball and field it. So I wrote these things down, and actually that kind of reminded me this week of a verse. I may have mentioned this recently. Moses talking to God, he gives him instructions, and he says, this is, this is what I want my people to remember. He says, the Lord our God is the Lord alone. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on the forehead as reminders and write them on the doorposts of your home. He's saying, keep these things in mind. Write it down if you need to. Because your job is to honor me and love me with your life. You know, it's good practice to write the things we're talking about down so that as followers of God, we can stay on track. 
So my question today is, why does Hope Church exist? Why does any church exist? Well, I think the Bible teaches that the church exists for two primary reasons. And you say, well, what is that, Tom? I'm glad you asked. We're going to look at that. Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is preparing to leave the earth and to leave his disciples, his followers. uh, And so he leaves them with a set of instructions. And these were the instructions. He says, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. By the way, this is called the Great Commission. You may have heard that term before. This is a very popular scripture. So the Great Commission, he says, this is what your call is, is to go and make disciples of all the nations. Go and make disciples. Reach lost people. And we talked about this last week. This is our primary mission as a church. We want as many people as possible to hear the good news. Not the okay news, not the bad news, certainly. The good news. We want to reach lost people. We exist as a hospital for sinners. And you all need to know this. This has to be crystal clear for every single person in this room. And I don't think this part of our vision is unique. In fact, I would say every church needs to have this as a part of their vision. But there's a second command Jesus gives as well. He tells his followers to go and reach. But then in the next verse, he says to his followers, go and teach. Verse 20, teach these new disciples, these followers of Jesus, to obey all the commands I've given to you. And so you can say the church exists to reach and to teach, right? To reach and to teach. To both make disciples and leave a mark on disciples. Reach and teach. Make disciples and leave a mark on disciples. And so Jesus is leaving instructions for the team. That's, that's you and me. That's the church all around the world. It's anybody who calls themselves a believer. It's not unique to Hope Church. This is what we believe God calls every church to do. We need to help people understand that it's not enough just to say you believe. It's not enough. We need, uh, we see a need, and I'm talking about our church, to encourage people to move from head knowledge to heart motivation. And we see a need to encourage, and I use that term on purpose, encourage followers of Jesus at Hope Church to know what they believe and why they believe it. In other words, let me say it like this. We want people to move from knowing to being and doing. That's the big thought for today. We want people to move from knowing to being and doing. So how does this happen? Well, some churches uh, will maybe use this term called discipleship. Maybe you've heard that term before. Others might call it spiritual formation. Whatever the term is, not hung up on that. But I do think we've come to misunderstand it over the years. Uh, Theologian, scholar, professor, um, Dallas Willard, who is just a 
again, just a person that um, in church world is just such a rich treasure of wisdom and knowledge and helpful insight. He says this. He says, we have come now to the place where we can be a Christian forever without ever becoming a disciple. We've come now to where we can just be a Christian and just kind of leave it at that. We never actually become followers, disciples of Jesus. Now back to my story. I am not a softball player because I have the cleats, which are in my bag, and because I have the glove, and because I have the hat and the t-shirt. I'm a softball player because I've invested myself in the game and tried my best to hone my skills. It's almost impossible to play any sport. You pick your favorite sport without going back behind the scenes and putting in the time and the effort before you actually get on the playing field. You need personal investment. You see, I needed to go out and play shortstop as best as I could. Over the years, I've put in a lot of time and investment into playing. And it's tough, almost maybe impossible to play that position without being prepared at least somewhat. And I'm not saying I was awesome. I'm far from awesome. But I was prepared to do it because of the investment I had made prior to getting in the game when coach says, go out there. That's what you need to do. So now it was up to me to do the job. If you want to develop anything in life, I think there's two things that you need. Number one is discipline, and number two is determination. If you're taking notes, you should write that down. If you want to do anything in life, I think you need discipline, and you need a determination to do it. And I'm going to be honest with you. As a pastor, I'm concerned about both of these things for the church. Trust me, I'm far from a perfect Christian. There's no such thing as perfection for any of us. But I do want to be disciplined and determined in my walk with Jesus. If you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you need to intentionally take time and effort into your relationship with him. I mean, listen, how else will you know him? What does he say to do? What are his commands? What does he love? And what does he hate? How are we to interact with the world? What does love look like? You could go on and on, but if you don't spend time with Jesus, how do you know him? And we start to talk about, it's all about relationship. And when it comes to becoming a mature disciple of Jesus, there has to be an expectation that you will create disciplines and have the determination to follow through. Again, if we go back to the scripture, someone asked Jesus about this. Matthew chapter 22. He says, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. By the way, do you see how it mimicked that Deuteronomy passage? 
You go back all the way to the Old Testament. The message has still been the same all the way now to where Jesus is walking the earth. What's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So we looked at the Great Commission, and now we see the greatest commandment. And here's what I will say. The Great Commission hinges on our obedience to the Great Commandment. In other words, what I'm saying, before we could go and reach lost people, we need to have a relationship with Jesus. We need to be spending time in relationship with him. We must first be people who put Jesus first, who worship him in our life. So here's the question, and it's really obvious. It's going to be the stupidest question you get all day long. Can I, Tom, love Jesus for you? I can't do it. Can I obey Jesus for you? Told you, this stupid question. No. Can church people do it for you? No. See, coaches may be able to offer great insights. They may be able to resource you, help you learn some skills. Certain, you know, good coaches have really keen eyes. They might be picking up on things that you yourself might be picking up on, maybe bad habits. And again, just pull, plug the sport in. Oh, you're not keeping your eye on the ball. You're bending your knees too much. Whatever, whatever it might be. You could provide all the support you want, the training, the encouragement. They certainly want to see their team win, but on the field, it's up to you. On the field, it's up to you. The player, the team, has to put in the work and in practice if they ever want to get on that playing field. The player needs to go out and do it. They need to work on it. The coach can't do it for them. The rest of the team can't do, them, do it for them. It's an individual effort based on discipline and determination. In other words, what I'm saying is that my vision for Hope Church is that we have people that take their faith seriously enough that they are going and doing the hard work of allowing their faith to transform their life. It's very, very important that I want you all to hear. You are the only one that can bring discipline and determination to the lifelong effort of being more and more like Christ. This is not about perfection. This is not about knowing. I want you to go from knowing to being and doing. Please don't rely on the church to be the primary driver for your spiritual formation. Don't blame the church for your lack of spiritual formation or growth. Our job is to teach well, to encourage, to challenge, to resource you, but you have to do the work, church. Now, I want to be super clear, just in case I'm not, there is nothing you can do to earn salvation. We've already talked about that. This is not what I'm talking about. Jesus took care of that one time and for all. But loving God, when we say, hey, this is the greatest thing I need to be doing, love God with all my heart, soul, mind, that is something that no one else can do for you. That is 
That is part of having an active and ongoing relationship with him that you prioritize through discipline and determination. And that's what I want for every follower at Hope Church. I came across this passage this week, and I want you to listen to the words of the Bible as it calls all of us to move from just knowing and believing about Jesus to being and doing. Listen to this. Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 20, says, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of my words. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on that safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. You see all these things we need to do? This is, again, this is not work salvation. This is, this is ownership of saying, I am a follower of Jesus. He goes, you, if you want to be that, you need to be disciplined. You need to watch all of these things. All of these commands I've given you, these are all things that every believer needs to do on their own. But just for good measure, let's go to the New Testament. This time we're going to read from the book of 2 Peter. This is another great apostle in the New Testament. And I want to read 2 Peter starting in chapter 1. It goes, this, lesson, uh, this letter is from Simon Peter, a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ. And I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. And by this power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises. And these are promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, check out this phrase, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with patient endurance and patient endurance with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love for everyone. Do you see when we begin to make the effort how it begins to transform our hearts and our minds? to where now how we're living out is completely different. I'm going to keep reading. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their old sins. So, dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among God has called and chosen. And then I highlight this word as well, do these things and you will not fail away.
When we take our faith seriously, it's going to require discipline, determination, and effort. Dallas Willard, our friend, says this, and he's talking about this passage. He goes, keep your heart. Well, that's something for me to do. I have the keeping of my heart. I am responsible for it. I am the one who has to give all diligence to add to my faith moral excellence and add to my moral excellence knowledge. I'm the one. If I do nothing, it will not be done. And to that I say, amen. I'm going to give you one last one because I actually think the Apostle Paul, like me, loved sports. He used analogies all the time. And in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 through 15, he says, and tra- and says, train yourself to be godly. Give your complete attention to these matters. Keep a close watch on how you live. You want to be transformed? You need to spend time with the person who created you, who loves you, who's done all of these things we just sang about. But you need to build that relationship. It takes discipline. It takes determination. And the reward is so much better than a trophy. You know what I think the reward is? We get to heaven. It's well done. Good, faithful servant. That's from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to be ready to get on that playing field. We need to do the work behind the scenes. We desire that Hope Church is a place where people are transformed by Christ. And we're going to do everything we can to resource you, to help you, to coach you. We're going to help point to you and say, this is where you need to go. This is what God says to do the very best we can. We're not going to be perfect about that, but that's what we want to do. Our vision is that this becomes a community of faith that moves from just knowing to being and doing. So I want us to move forward in this endeavor together. And just so you know, the Hope Church softball team plays this Friday night in the first round of the playoffs. And we're excited about that. If you want to make the trip to Rhode Island, be our guest. Hey, this whole series is about teaching things that we are passionate about, that we can get around and say, listen, we are going to be about this. We need to go and reach but we also need to take our own faith seriously. We'll never get here if we're not doing the hard work. We're going to continue on next week in talking about what we believe about community and how that works together. And I hope you will not miss it. Let's pray. God, I am not... I do not take for granted the awesome responsibility that I have every time I get up here. I pray that you would take the things that people do not need to remember or know and just take it from their mind. 
But God, the things that I've tried to be faithful to according to you were that you would implant those in our hearts, that we would be a church that does not be, we're not okay with just sitting on the sideline and, not, and doing something on our own. We have to go. We need to be putting in the work, God. We need to be moving things for time for, with you. It's just like any relationship, God. If we want that to grow, we need to give it a priority. And I pray that as we move forward together, God, that that would be really heavy on all of our hearts. We're not looking for perfection. We're not looking for a list of rules of do's and don'ts. We're just looking to spend time with you and to take ownership of that. God, we need that in this world. Talking about playing shortstop is hard. It is hard to walk through this world, God, with things coming at us left and right. I pray that you would help us, that you would give us wisdom. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.